The Old Testament book of Jonah is not the story of a great fish. It is the story of a great God. In a world on the verge of judgment and desperate for a spiritual awakening, it holds a message we all need. Salvation is of the Lord. Join us in the book of Jonah today as we study God's Word with Scott Pauley. The last time we studied together, I pointed out to you that the book of Jonah has no real ending. There's no conclusion to the story. It it almost just dangles there. If you read Jonah chapter number 4, it's only 11 verses long. In fact, it ends with a question mark. And I think that's divine design. I believe there is a great purpose in that, even in the way the message is given to us. It's thought-provoking. It's heart-searching. It ends with a question, a divine question, God's question, a question that cuts to the heart, that deals with us right where we are. I'd like to simply point out today that the story in Jonah does not end in Jonah chapter 3. Now, most of the time when people even tell the story of Jonah, they end in Jonah 2, where Jonah swallowed by a great fish and then spit out of that fish. But then he goes on in chapter 3 to the revival of an entire city. The entire city of Nineveh turns to God. You'd think that'd be a good place to end. In fact, Jonah chapter 3 ended this way, And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. I tell you, if I wrote the Bible, aren't you glad I didn't write the Bible? And I'm glad you didn't write the Bible. Uh, No, God gave us the Bible. If we wrote the Bible, we would end right there with Jonah chapter 3 and verse number 10 with this great, glorious, grand note of victory. God did something mighty there. The Lord worked in the hearts of the people. And then you come to Jonah 4 verse 1. But, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Now, we're going to come back to Jonah chapter 4. We're going to look at Jonah's emotion, Jonah's anger. We're going to try to understand why it displeased him exceedingly and what that means to us. And I would challenge you, read ahead. Uh, read Jonah chapter 4. Spend some time in the last chapter of the book of Jonah because it is a, it's a thought-provoking, heart-searching passage. But before we do, I want to simply answer this question today. What happened to Jonah Why doesn't the story end in Jonah chapter 3? Why couldn't Jonah just be glad that he got another chance and the city got another chance and it all ended well? Why doesn't the story end in Jonah chapter number 3? And here's the reason, because it's not enough to awaken an entire city if God's servant misses it. It's not enough that everybody else gets right with God if we miss what God is trying to teach us. Do you remember when Jesus told the story of the prodigal son coming home and they threw the grand party, but then there was the elder brother? You see, the elder brother was still on the outside looking in. He missed it. He missed all the joy. He missed all the spiritual blessing uh, that was associated with the return of that sinner. And I'm afraid that even when we say we want to see sinners saved, could it be that our own hearts are not right with God? I'll tell you why there's a Jonah 4. There's a Jonah 4 because God wasn't finished with his servant. God was still working on Jonah. And friends, God's still working on me, and God's still working on you. The need was great. We've established that already. Oh, it was great. Do you know what was little in this book? Jonah's heart. Uh, Look at the great contrast between the greatness of the need and the littleness of the prophet. 
look at this this pettiness and this religious prejudice uh, that was in Jonah's heart that was such an impediment to the glory of God, such a, an obstacle to the advancement of what God wanted to do. God didn't just need to conquer Nineveh. God needed to conquer Jonah. And I would say to you in Scripture, very often the hardest people to conquer are the religious ones, uh, the ones that say they're right with God, say they know and love the Lord. Do you remember when the children of Israel were marching, marching, marching around the walls of Jericho? You ever wonder why they had to march so many days? You ever wonder why they had to, to say nothing for all those days and then shout at the end? You ever wonder why God gave such a strange battle strategy? That wasn't military strategy. That was divine strategy. Do you know why? Because God wasn't trying to conquer Jericho. God was trying to conquer Israel. Jericho, that was easy. God just breathed from heaven and the walls came down. Uh, Israel didn't do that. God did that. God was trying to conquer his own people. And here we are all these years later. And do you see the parallel? God wasn't just trying to conquer Nineveh. One message broke Nineveh. One word broke Nineveh. Oh, we have so much truth. We take it so for granted. I tell you, friends, if this world had just a portion of the truth that we've been exposed to, they would repent. They would believe. But what of us? Could it be that the great obstacle, the great impediment to the advancement of the gospel right now is not Nineveh, it's Jonah. It's not the wickedness of the world around us. It is rather what's in us and what is not in us. Some time ago, I heard someone talking about a certain part of the world, a part of the world, frankly, that's very difficult, a hard, difficult place, and yet a place filled with people where uh, they need the gospel. God loves those people. And I heard someone say, we need to pray for them. And immediately, I heard another believer speak up and say, no, we just need to blow them off the map. And I thought to myself, that must have been what Jonah was thinking. Let's just blow them off the map. That must have been what the Lord's disciples were thinking. Let's call down fire from heaven, burn these Samaritans off the earth. That's not the spirit of Jesus. That's not the spirit of our God. Did it ever dawn on you that there's no such thing as a foreigner to God? There are no foreigners to God because God made all people. God loves all people. Christ died for all people. The Lord wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I think if we could allow the Lord to conquer us, there is no limit to what the Lord could do in this world and who the Lord will bring to himself. I said to you the other day that the only other book without an ending in the, in the Bible that really just kind of trails off and you wonder, why does it end that way? Why is there no real conclusion or wrap-up? The only other book like that is the book of Acts. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because what's the book of Acts about in the New Testament? It's a missionary book. And what is the book of Jonah about in the Old Testament? It, too, is a missionary book. Friend, the story is still being written. At this moment, we have our opportunity, our time in the world. I was with a pastor recently that instead of bemoaning how bad things were and, and grumbling about how hard a time they were having, uh, he, he said, you know, this is exciting. God, let me pastor at this time. God, let our church live and serve and witness at this time. He said, there are a lot of people that didn't get to live at this time to serve the Lord. I thought, what a tremendous perspective. What a heart that is. Because it sees the opportunity and not just the opposition, the opportunity and obligation and not just the obstacles Look at it from God's perspective and not from your own. I wonder, what will happen to us 
What will become of us? What will be the rest of our story? Uh, Is it going to be that while God is working, uh, it will say of us, but it displeased them exceedingly and they were very angry? Or will it be that we get so captured by God's heart that we love who he loves, that we long for what he longs for, that we live for what he died for, and that we would labor for what he is working for at this moment, which is to bring people to himself. Would you breathe a prayer to God right now? Would you say, Lord, forgive me of my pettiness, and Lord, get all prejudice out of me, and Lord, remove every obstacle uh, to your heart in me, and fill me with the love of God, and let me find my place, and let me do my part to advance the message of the gospel and bring you glory at this time. Our Father, I pray now in the name above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will drive the spiritual truth of this book deeply into our hearts, etch it on our souls. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth and help us today to do something about it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want to go further in your study of the Bible? Visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find hundreds of articles, sermons, and podcast episodes in our online library. You can search the archive by scripture or subject, and we trust it will help you as you continue your journey in scripture. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.